Say, because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say it once again. Say, because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Say, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers me from the snare of the trapper. Say, for it is the Lord who delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Say, the Lord delivers me from the deadly pestilence. Say, the Lord deliver my household from the deadly pestilence. Say, he will cover me with his pinions. And under his wings, I may seek refuge. See, I seek refuge under the wings of the Lord. His faithfulness is a shield to me. Say, the faithfulness of the Lord is a shield to me. See, I will not be afraid of the terror by night. Or of the arrow that flies by day. Say it once again. Say, I will not be afraid of the terror by night. Or the arrow that flies by day. Say of the pestilence that talks in darkness. Or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. Say because the Lord is my rock. And my salvation. Say I shall not be afraid. Say a thousand may fall at my, at my side. Say it once again. Say a thousand will fall at my side. And 10,000 at my right hand, but none shall come near me. Say, none shall come near, none shall come near me and my household. Say, for my sake, my, my household, they are covered. Say, my household is covered in the name of Jesus. Say, in the name of Jesus, it is only with my ears, it is only with my ears. I will hear of the recompense of the wicked. Say it is only with my ears. I will hear of the recompense of the wicked. Say in the name of Jesus. I am safe in God's hands. Say I am safe in God's hands. In the name of Jesus. Brethren, can we give the Lord thanks? This is all we know. We can't do anything again. This is all we know. We just declare the word of the Lord over us. In times when men are afraid and the heart of men fail them, the word of God is our defense. The word of God is what encourages us. Can we give the Lord thanks? Say, Lord, we thank you. Uh, we are sure that you will not fail us. You are, we are very sure. And ask, finally, ask the Lord to give you a word for today. There's a word that the Lord has prepared for you for today. Say, Lord, give me that word. My ears are open to receive that word. Send your words to me. Send your words to me. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. The Lord is good. If you believe it, say an amen. Amen. Let's declare our words of understanding so we can quickly get into the teaching. Are we ready? Once let's go. Now I declare. Revelation in the knowledge of him. 
and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing Him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. God is entering my heart, is giving me light and direction, is healing me in every area, and is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. And that will be your experience once again today in Jesus' name. Amen. The word will enter your heart, amen. giving you light, amen. giving you direction, amen. healing you in every area, amen. creating something that was missing in your body. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. bringing forth the excellence of God in everything that you do. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. See, the word changes people even when they are not thinking about it. Just expose yourself to it. I hope you're getting my point. That's it. It's just exposing yourself to the word. Many times people come to learn steps. Mm-mm. That's not the way it works. The word of God is like radiation. Radiation does not tell you how to kill you. It just kills you if you expose yourself long enough. Are you getting my point? If you put yourself in front of it, it's just changing your DNA for the, the negative side though. Alright? In the same manner, when you expose yourself to the word of God, it just changes you on the positive side. You don't come to God so to come and learn methods. No. Along the line, it will change the way you do things. Along the line, you will pick up some things. But the primary thing you come to do is just to be exposed. It's spiritual radiation. It's spiritual, I don't want to use the word radioactivity. It's spiritual activity. But use radioactivity to know what I'm talking about. A force is being released. Jesus said the spirit that is the word that I speak, they carry a spiritual substance. When it gets into your life, it imparts life into it. And that will be your experience today in the name of Jesus. Alright, the Lord is good. Please greet a few people as you are going down to your seats. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Alright, the Lord is good. We are continuing in our school of prayer to explain the things that are happening around us and how the prophets of God are very important. When the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Let me just quickly emphasize to us believers, he was not talking about one prophet in the church. He was not talking about Pastor Banky. Are you getting my point? Don't say that, ah, don't say anything evil about the man of God because they are touching his prophet. It applies. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it does not apply, but that was not what he was talking about there. Because there he was talking about Abraham. He was talking about Isaac. He was talking about Jacob. He was talking about Israel as a nation. He said, let them about. He suffered no man to do them wrong. How did he say it? He released a word into the air. And that word said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You know, I heard the explanation then that that word prophet in that context was describing the people that God will shape the events of the earth around. Whether you like it or not, there are some facts about life. We are not all equal before God. Don't, I know it's not politically correct. What they want you to say is that we are all the same. Once I saw, um, Oprah Winfrey trying to put Joel Austin into a corner. Are you trying to say Jesus is the only way to God? And it pained me that day that she, she did not come to ask me because the Holy Spirit gave me an answer for her long before she was called into her own ministry. 
<laughs> I feel like saying, listen, many people seek God, and there are many ways to seek God. But Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except by me. Now, people may make a lot of noise. Nobody has made that claim. Why are we even, why are we even pretending? The Muslims don't make that claim. Buddha doesn't make that claim. Um, Hindus don't make the claim. They don't. The only person that ever made the claim is Jesus Christ. Nobody else. In fact, they did not even call him father. Jesus said, there is a name. I have revealed you to the people. The Prince said, the revelation that nobody had until he came was to call him father. They knew him as most high God. They knew Jehovah or Yahweh, whichever we want to write it. They knew Adonai, but father, my father. No, that's my father. They never knew it. That God is somebody's father. And Jesus now came and said, it's not only my father, he's your father too. The day he called him, he called God father in their hearing, they said stone him. That is blasphemy. That he has made himself equal with God. Uh-uh. It was a revelation. But the point I'm making is that's how life is. They were trying to put this man into a corner, make everybody look like him. Just admit it, that we're all the same. Look, we are not. God has special people on the earth each time. He does. There was a time God would wipe out everybody on the earth if they threatened Abraham. Threaten Abraham, God will kill you. Uh, your brother will come, you kill your brother. Then your cousins will come and say, Ah, why did we die threatening Abraham? You'll kill them too. You will continue coming until Abraham, every enemy of Abraham will be gone. You continue killing. That's how much Abraham was worth to him. We're not all the same. We are not all the same. The only thing about God is that when he loves you like that, be afraid. He said, you of all people have I chosen for myself on the surface of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for your iniquity. <laughs> That's what he told Israel. He said, for all the people of the earth, you are the one I have chosen. He said, for that reason, I will punish you for your iniquity. It's not bragging. It's not arrogance. When we say the church of Christ is the singular most important thing on this earth. That's not bragging. That's not arrogance. If the church will stand for what it's supposed to be. Are you getting my point? God will wipe out whole nations for it if they threaten it. Sometimes I look at about some of my preachers who I love so much. Some of them are senior teachers. And I feel like calling them. I don't have access to some of these people. I just get their messages different ways. These days, mostly online. And I want to contact them and say, Sir, please stop saying this thing you are saying. Because I hear people say, you know, one preacher I listen to it a lot. He analyzed how Great Britain fell from being Great Britain to just being UK, United Kingdom. And he analyzed it accurately, his thoughts. And showed that it was tied to their, um, to their betrayal of Israel. That's Israel, this Israel of today. And he showed, he thought, he showed how prime ministers and great politicians 
one after another, will lose their relevance if they deal wrongly with the nation Israel. I had another preacher explain it. And then you know what? I have a bit of background in science. I have some background in science. For that reason, that claim did not impress me. Even though he could tie it and tie it and tie it. There's something if you know statistics, okay? You'd understand that sometimes there's factor C. You think it's caused by factor B. The effect of, on factor C is the movement of factor B. But then further analysis and further experimentation will show you that actually factor A is behind affecting factor C and factor B at the same time. But because you were not able to identify the presence of factor A, you could only ascribe the movement of factor C to the one you could see, which was B. So you wrote your theory. One day one of our brothers here, say doctor two, forwarded something to me to show that medical science revises almost half of his major beliefs in the space of 10 years. He gave me a huge proportion. I can't remember what I to half. But he, he showed it to me. I looked for that thing long ago. I couldn't find where it is. And it, he, he copied it from somewhere. Because let me give you an, a very good example. Let me give a very, very good example. All right? This will surprise some of you. What causes, okay, those of you who are younger, you may not be confused, but if you are up to 30 and above, if I ask you what causes stomach ulcer, you will say too much acid. True but we now know it's not true. This was preached by doctors for decades. If you had ulcer, they gave you an antacid, an anti-acid, something to kill the acid. They are real bases. You mix them with acid, they neutralize acid. There were drugs made eh? just to antagonize the production of acid. And the company that made it, cymetidine, made so many millions that even some doctors began to brag that with that drug, we have stopped the work of surgeons. Because before, they had to operate to cure ulcer in some difficult cases. But by giving the people cymetidine, ulcers were disappearing. I mean, what other proof do you need to know that ulcer is caused by what? Acid. Until one doctor says it's not true. Then he did experiments and isolated the organism. Now, when doctors say you have serious ulcer, he gives you antibiotics for six weeks. You would have thought that the knowledge had ended. One man said no. That was about 30, you know, 20 something years ago. He said no. I've been examining this thing. I think I have found the organism. So they began to study again. That's not even the end. Because some will argue that no, that organism can only, that organism can only grow if your mind is disturbed. Sit down there. That's why Solomon said, to the making of books, there is no end. He said, much knowledge causes weariness to the soul. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. I'm just giving you that my science background helps me not to be impressed by what my big brother in the ministry was saying. I said, if you look closer, Christ is more important than the nation of Israel. Christ is more important than the United States of America. If God opened your eyes, you will have tied the rising and the falling of that British Empire, the Great Britain, to certain movements concerning Christ. But you could not see it. So the one you could see, you told us about it. 
There were many other things happening. Injustice in itself, it's a problem. God can bring nations down for, inju- for the cause of injustice. Sometimes your usefulness is over. He overlooked your iniquity until you are no longer useful to him. Then he brought forth your iniquity upon yourself. Upon your head. He does that. What am I trying to say? I don't, there's no analysis anybody wants to give me. The most important thing on the earth is the body of Christ. God changes kings because of them. God will raise kings because of them. Derek Prince have been quoting, in any nation where the church is established, he holds the church responsible for whatever is happening in that country. Either because of their actions, I added that one to it, or because of their inactions, both of them. When they remain in Jerusalem, they don't go to Judea, to Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. They get into trouble. Persecution will arise in Jerusalem to scatter them abroad. When they become worldly, Jesus will come and say, repent, otherwise I will remove your candlestick from his place. If anyone wasn't here, then you can go and get our series, The Letters to the Seven Churches. The Letters of Jesus to the Seven Churches. He had something against almost all of them. And he said to them, these things are enough for me to close you all down entirely. And when, when he wants to close people down, sometimes I, I read history. <laughs> I just say, God. You hear all the time about the Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. How the Turks wiped out the Armenians. Genocide. They are still fighting over whether you should call it genocide or not. But I first read about it from the happiest people on earth by Demos Shakarian. But the point was that God told them ahead it was going to happen. That's what I want to talk about. He told them ahead. A young lad disappeared, had a spiritual experience, came back and gave them. He couldn't read, he couldn't write. But of course he could trace. So he saw scrolls passing and he copied what was on the scrolls, including a map. And he brought it home. And he gave to those who could read and those, those who were literate. And they found out that these were Exact instructions on how to get out. Where to go. You know, say, believe also his prophets. So you will prosper. Some laughed at him. Some said the little boy secretly went to learn how to write. He's now confusing us. You know, sometimes you ask yourself, are there people who do such things? Yes. So why would you believe that's why I wrote the book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. Demo Shakaran's grandfather believed only because shortly before then, he had an experience. Somebody prophesied the birth of his son and then they came for a retreat with them and they believed that you don't sacrifice animals with, a ble- with blemish. They took that literally into modern day. So he wanted to host these Christians that came from Russia. They used to come annually. So he took an animal and slaughtered. The best animal he had, had a problem. One of the eyes was diseased. So he said because he would not accept it, he took the head of the animal and he hid it in his barn. 
and they were doing the party. Celebration, celebration time. Believers came from far. And he was the chief host. Except that the head of the team was looking at him. And he was not participating. After a while, he dragged him by the hand, dragged him to where he kept the head of the animal, and opened the cover. And nobody knew apart from him. So he knew only the Lord could have revealed to that man. Those were the two experiences that caused him to believe. So when the young prophet wrote what he wrote, he had been primed by God to believe. So he followed them. And shortly after they left, the talks arrived and killed everybody. Drove people into the desert, the wilderness. Trek until you die of starvation, dehydration. Have you ever heard of Samuel Doctorian? His father was saved because he was a kind man. And the people that came to kill them hid him. Either he himself or his father. I can't remember the story now. They wiped out the whole family. One of the killers, he felt sorry and he hid this little boy. The point I'm making is that God warned them ahead. Sometimes things happen in our country. The prayer I pray, I say, God, how come we don't have prophets anymore? What's going on? Our prophets prophesy by cash. In the Bible, they used to prophesy by bail. Or bow. But now we see people prophesying by cash. Good Lord Jonathan was running for office. Almost everybody said he will come back. Except that they did not finish seeing the visions. He was coming back home. <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I saying? What I have said is not a joke. The most important thing God is doing is Christ Jesus. It's Christ in this nation. In every nation, it's Christ. Now listen to this. It, that's why he told us, pray. We are heaven's exiles. That is, we are citizens of heaven. But he has kept us on this earth. And if Jesus does not return, many people listening to me here this evening will live for the next 70 years. 70 years, he sent them into Jerusalem. Into, from Jerusalem to Babylon. So he said, because it's going to be long, pray for the city. Pray for that nation that I'm sending you into as exiles. In its prosperity, you will find prosperity. What does that tell us? I said the other time, the Goshen experience is not usual. What is the Goshen experience? There will be darkness in Egypt, then there will be light in Goshen. It's not the usual thing. The more usual thing is that in his prosperity, you will find prosperity. What God was telling them is that your thoughts towards that land is more important than the thoughts of their own people towards their own land. Did you hear what I said? If they all want prosperity, you don't pray for it, they won't have it. That is, he said, your own prayer is more important than their own desires. The people of the land. Pray for that land. If you want prosperity, pray that the land will prosper. What I'm getting out from there, okay, again, to remind us of is this. Anywhere we are, we are supposed to affect the environment. Please, let me explain something again. Sometimes we, we make the mistake of thinking the way we affect the environment is by learning business principles. It's by joining politics. I doubt whether God expected the Israelites to join Babylonian politics. They are exiles. 
They are second-class citizens. Those guys were not going to put them into politics like that. The ones that made it into government, like Daniel and Co., they chose them because they felt they were useful. But whether they were in politics or not, whether they were in government or not, their prayers will work. So sometimes, you know, the truth, let me say, explain it again to us. It's what I call what is wrong with a king principle. <laughs> it's a long one. What is long, wrong with a king principle? Many times you find solutions to the problems you are looking for that are physical. What I mean is that the Ammonites were terrorizing Israel. So they said, give us a king. If we have a king, this thing will go away. And they got a king and it went away for a short while. But permanently, the nation was broken into two. Northern Israel went, was destroyed, was first carried away by the Assyrians. They disappeared entirely. Judah, the southern kingdom, eventually was carried away by the Babylonians. Some of them returned. A few people from the northern kingdom must have mixed with them along the line. Alright? I think they said they are the ones that they call Samaritans later. For many reasons. We don't talk about that one in details now. But the point is that they asked for a king. They got a king and it worked. Why did they ask for a king? Because they thought that was what they needed. So if we're having problems, we'll say, get into government. Start businesses. God said, businesses are good. Politics is good. But that is not the solution to the problems. What you need is Samuel. What I mean by Samuel? A man who will give you the law unadulterated, who will call you into order, someone who will correct you. Now, that takes longer to produce results. Do you get what I'm saying? Saul is quicker. You are annoying Saul today. He gets an army by next week. In one month, the Ammonites are out of the way. But if it's Samuel, it's not like that. It's one crusade after another. It's prayer. It's repentance. Is the baptism of John. It may take you five years to eradicate the Ammonites. But if you can get through revival across their land, they will never come back. When Asa did it, for 35 years there was peace. 35 years peace. Because he saw, look, there's not the army. You know when Elisha was going to die? You know what the king said to him? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. That is, the king realized that it's not the army. This was the man keeping us. He was a prophet. So when he corrected them, brought order into their lives, they had peace. The The enemies disappeared. They won their battles. What you need in your life is that prophetic office? Now, please, I don't mean prophetic office. When I see your face, I will prophesy. I'm not talking about that nonsense that's around town now. When you want to do business, you submit to the prophet. <laughs> For 10%. Look, that's not what I mean. I'm not talking about that nonsense. That's soothsaying. All this, uh, all this idolatry we practice before you do business. Pastor must, uh, you know, must, must, Must roll his hand, cast his pellets, and see what the Lord is saying. Please, that's not Christianity. If you're a baby Christian, it is okay. If you need counsel, ask me. But please don't bring every business you want to do to my house. I should lay hands on it. Me and you are not in the same business, you hear? 
You want to start an engineering firm? What didn't concern me inside. So I want you to bless it. You and your wife, what work are you doing? You can't bless your own business. So all these years of coming to listen to me, you are telling me I wasted my time. Anyway, I know what I want to do. Before I bless it, 25%, you will write it into the, <laughs> into the agreement. I own 25% of your business. <laughs> the Lord is good. When I'm talking about prophet now, what I mean is this. Hearing the word of God, you understand my point? Being converted into it. Being converted by that word into exactly what God wants it to be on a regular basis. That is what we need. That's what I mean by the ministry of Samuel. That's what we need, not Saul. I counsel with, of course, I'm thinking of two different people now. I said, you know all of this, you're running up and down. I said, this business did not work. I said, this one did not work. I said, you are trying to solve a spiritual problem with material, you know, F, uh, no, uh, methods. But then I heard the person talk, I said, listen, when I heard everything that they had done, I said, this problem is obviously spiritual. Again, let me digress. I don't mean generational curses. I don't mean go and dig up, look, hmm, your grandfather was a slave trader. So one day he raided the village and they cursed him. And the curse is now in your home. If any prophet tells you that, tell him you are a very, very ignorant man. That's an antichrist prophet. What did I call him? Listen, any, I don't care who he is, because some, a lot of them have big names. They're out there. You know them. They're your, they your big man, men, papas all over the town. Some of their own you know, television channels, broadcasting lies 24 hours a day. If you lie once in a while, we understand. Now, you now go and buy a channel to lie into the whole, and you're wondering why we have a, 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 what they call Islamic fundamentalists taking over the whole of the northern part of, you know, that um, stretch of Sahara. He's all the lies we say into the airwaves. Magnify Satan, magnify Satan. Most. One day I saw one little boy. Of course, you know, it's my classmates that I always see. Oh, they used to mock me. The boy was playing. He said, Any power, trying to destroy me. Little children, they want to learn to pray. The first prayer they know is power trying to destroy them, which is against them. Christians who have become very paranoid. You know what I call paranoia? They are paranoid. They are going on the road. They see a black rope. They walk around it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the black rope draw from one man who's selling material in the market as he was tying the bill. You know, saw a joke the other day. One man, they said he came home. He came out in the morning. It's a joke, of course. We don't know whether it really happened, but it lets you know how people reason. And he saw white powder around his car. So he ran away from the car. Three days he was thinking of the solution. He didn't go near the car. Then one day he came back home and saw his son playing inside the circle. The circle of the white powder. So he rushed the boy. Come on, come on, come on. what are you doing there? Didn't you see that powder? The boy said he saw it. That is the one that put it there. That the mother had old cornstarch in the house. 
gave it to him to go and throw away. And being a little boy, he started to play. So we're just moving around the car, and the thing was dropping on the floor. So we're just, you know, just moving around his father's car, and it was dropping on the floor. Three days, his father did not drive the car. You know, I just imagine if it was me. If I saw that powder there, first that would come to my mind is that these children, what are they up to again? This one ran away. And many times these people are taught by so-called prophets. That's what I'm making. They are taught by so-called prophets. So you have, you're having business problems because somebody does not want you to prosper. And I always laugh. Somebody does not want me to prosper. Is that news? It's not news. Don't think you have told me anything. Just, just by being my height, my complexion, my age, my name, some people don't like me. Nothing, I didn't do anything to them. Same thing with you. Don't think that me that has special enemies. You too. One day you came home, you were singing. One of your neighbors just got angry. Why are you singing? Do you know why he's unhappy? So it's not strange that you, do, you have enemies. It's nothing. What the Bible says concerning you is what's most important. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Concerning the thing that your great-grandfather did, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. Any prophet that does not know this is, that is, the Bible says that light has not dawned on him. To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it's because light has not dawned on them. Why are you following a prophet that does not know, that has no light? Please, I need to explain that so that people will understand what I'm saying. When I want to solve problems that are spiritual, that's what I mean when I say something is a spiritual problem. I don't mean they are cooking you in witchcraft pot. You heard that before? Who will do programs, deliver from witchcraft pots. So how did you get inside there? That's not rubbish. That's not Christ's preaching. Let me give you the word of God. You have been delivered. Amen. Do you know the truth? The witch does not even think about you and her pot or his pot. Because you are a problem to the whole household. You cannot fit into anybody's pot. I hope you're getting my point. Do you know why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the pot. <laughs> I hope you understand what I mean by in the pot. That's what it means to be a believer. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You were born according to the will of the Spirit, not according to the will of the flesh. So the one they, they, they buried in the village, let it stay there. Let me warn you, if you follow them for deliverance in the village, your problems will triple within one week. I give you a prophetic word. So, that you came here today, you are in trouble. Are you getting my point? You either believe God or perish in the wilderness. You have no choice anymore. You left Egypt. Once you cross here, that door is the Red Sea. You pass under the cloud. You must enter into the promised land. The promised land is Christ. Nobody should drag you to any village for any deliverance. If you go, you won't even come back in one piece. Your car will burn on the road. That one is for sure. You, you just escape with only bones on your legs. Don't be, they, they will now say that the thing is powerful. You see, it's not powerful. God is angry. That after I delivered you, preached the word to you, you are now following people to come and dig up cowrie. Those guys are magicians. They know where they keep it. As they are digging it, it will fall out. 
You've not seen magicians work. Kyle De Pella did tricks for us in church. I was sitting in front. I couldn't catch him. <laughs> How many of you know Kyle De Pella? Oh, when, when we're children, that means children, that means 10 years, that age, his father was the foremost magician in Nigeria, Professor Pella. Professor Pella, we caught his wife in two on stage. Join her back again. Don't ask me how he used to do it. Professor Pella will come on stage. Just be doing like this. Drawing cards out of the air. One day, Mrs. Pella, you understand? The co-host came and said he wanted to eat an egg. Mrs. Pella, Mrs. Pella uttered a few words, tapped him, egg came out in her hand. Gave it to the man. The man broke it and ate it while we watched. That's not Professor Pella, Mrs. Pella. Then Bobo Pella and I'll grew up. <laughs> the little boy. And he made up his mind that he would outdo his father. Until God gave him over to the consequences of those moves. And heroin decided to destroy his life. In trying to trick his mother to get money from her to buy drugs. That was how he met one doctor somewhere in Ogun State. As he was smoking his drug, doctor sat down looking at him. That one preached Christ to him and delivered him. Became a preacher. I met Kayode Pella as a preacher. He came to my church those days when I was a house officer. And our pastor said, you should show some of those tricks. I sat in front. That was how he made money. Four one nine. He used his is tricks. He explained that there are two sides. The, most of them that they do is tricks, but indeed there is real magic using dark powers. But he did some of those tricks. I saw him turn a stick to handkerchief, and I was sitting in front, and I did not catch him. I saw him produce things out of, and I was thinking, how is this man managing? This is what many of these prophets have learned. You are following them to the village. They are digging things up. That's why I'm talking about it. You follow them to the villages. They dig things up from the earth. They say it was buried there. They have their sonar. Is it, is it sonar they use or, or radar? <laughs> to scan, spiritual sonar, scan everything. They say the thing is buried here. And it's your money that's going. And you, they are laughing at you. You don't understand. I told you this one in town, that small boy in town. What is his name? Uh-huh. That little boy is a trickster and a juju man. And people are following him. That's what I'm telling you. If you follow anybody to the village for village deliverance, just know that your problems will triple. And you know why it's going to triple? It's simple. It's the mercy of God. One day they told one man, if you sow a heavy seed, doors will open. Man of God told him, lay hands on me. That week, his car jammed. That is, at the end of one week, he realized that this seed does not work. That's the mercy of God. When you go to the village, you come back and your problems triple. Just rejoice. You know why? Because, you, oh, wait, don't misinterpret it that the powers are too strong. Because those men are going to come back and say, last time we went with four prayer warriors. Now we are going back with 15. Of course, it's your money. Who's paying the transportation? It's your money. I just, I don't, why am I talking about that? 
They make merchandise of you while lying to you. So when I'm saying spiritual problems, that's not what I mean. I'm not saying that you should follow somebody to come and deliver you. Stop cutting down those trees. God is angry. If you cut a tree, normally, he doesn't have any problem. But when you start cutting down the tree, because you think it is a solution to your problems, God said there's no problem. For every tree you cut, you cut I increase your medical expenses. So before, the only problem is that you could not sleep. So you went, they said that they are pursuing you. You went to the village, you've cut down one tree so you can sleep. God said no problem. Now every time you wake up, you'll be on the floor. You know, some people, they don't understand. They sleep on the bed. They wake up on the floor. Because there is me. I'll be, go and ask the story of Dagon. They'll keep Dagon standing in front of the ark. Anytime they come back, Dagon is on the floor, on his face. One day, they chopped off their hands and the feet of Dagon. Because they don't worry. That's what I do to people who don't listen. Your problem is that you could not sleep. Say, ah, the after you go, say, there's no, here you have cut down the tree. You will sleep, oh, don't worry. I know what, I know my plan for you. And now when you, anytime you sleep, you will doze off with no proper sleep. As you doze off, you just wake up, bam, you're already on the floor. You will climb the bed again. On the frustration, you will go back to the village to go and replant that tree. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Then you will come to church and confess. Pastor will say to you, what did you do? Say, forgive me, Pastor. I'm in trouble. Say, well, I went to the village to cut a tree because he told me that witches were inside. Why did you cut the tree? He said, I just wanted to be sure. And I believe, Pastor Banker, I believe you. Just that, you know, just in case. I hope you know, once you just in case cut, the, cut a tree, is a sin. Anything that's not done by faith is what? It's sin. Sin. Iniquity. You know, when you finish preaching, preaching, preaching to some people here, the end of January, they'll be afraid that what will happen in February. So they quickly carry the whole January salary and say that um, it's just the love of God. It's a lie. They are afraid. They want to give that first fruit by force. But you know what? It's an offering of iniquity. What did I call it? You were not given it before. And somebody lied to you that that is how to prosper in life. It's your Jaguda spirit. What do they call Jaguda? Covetous spirit. I want more, 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 more. It's why you are believing lies. See, this is February. February just ended. God said, don't worry. Three months, poverty will show you paper. You will know that I didn't collect that January offering. I did not. She have told you again and again. If you want to give, give. I have no problem with you giving your whole January offering, salary, or February, or March, or April. In fact, the whole year. But if you think it's the way you will prosper, I have a duty to prove to you that you have believed a lie. Otherwise, I'm not your father. One young lady came to me who was sitting in the other end. I finished preaching like this. You remember the story? She said she suffered so much during NYC. She just finished NYC not long before that. What was the cause of your suffering? What sin did you commit? She said that every, as they give the allowance now, everything she will carry to church. Nothing wrong with that. But I just wanted to know why. He said they told us that's how to prosper. I said, shock mobility. What? Then one day it was her birthday. Somebody sent her 20,000 naira as a birthday gift. So she said, God, thank you. At least this one, I will manage it for some time. As I'm giving you all my NYSE allowing. You know, please, some pastors here. Eh? I don't know how God is planning to forgive them. I don't know. 
I don't know the plan. It's the blood of Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. They took the blood, kept it aside to sin some sins. You see some things that apostle, that your colleagues do. I will just wonder, are we begging for punishment? You know, remember that story you told me about one man that used to do that money, money thing? And your friend, the other preacher, said to you, what this man is doing is wickedness. He was offering people things that God did not promise in return for their money. And he looked at it and said, no, now, this is wickedness. Then the man drove, packed his car, put his head on the steering and died. And I said, look, he said this. Ah, God have mercy. The young woman said, that 20K, assume it arrived on Saturday. Now you go to church on Sunday. And the pastor, you know some pastors have a spirit. They know. <laughs> said to her, said in church, but she heard it. Accept him. <laughs> Except he pains you. God is not collecting it. Ah, she looked. He said, God, it was paying me before, but this medicine they sent, this 20K, I shouldn't take it. Then she got up, carried the 20K, inside of the basket again. I look at the girl like this. My people have been robbed and spoiled. And no one said restore. Plundered. I looked. I, I was standing like this. Just simple pit here. On the other, in the other hall. I'm looking at her like this. Why were you doing all of this? Just listen to me. She said they told us that is how to prosper. Eh, you came to look for prosperity, not for Christ. That is what happens to people like you. I didn't tell her that then. But I told her, I said, God has answered your prayers. God has seen your seed. He has seen your offerings. Your offerings of foolishness have reached heaven. Your offerings of stupidity have been accepted. So God has had mercy on you. So he sent you to come and meet me. I said, I am the reward for your seed. If you are looking for money, forget it. I told the lady straight, they chopped your money. God can restore, but it's not... Multiplication of that seed. I said, I am the reason. That is, I'm the answer. This is not arrogance. This is truth. I said, I'm the answer. This is the fruit for all your seed. And what is the fruit telling you? It does not work like that. Truth is what I have come to liberate you from your confusion. That's what I brought. To liberate you from your confusion. You know, I keep on saying it. Anybody not looking for Christ will be robbed. And if, if Christ is not what you are looking for, you will be robbed. They said that's how to prosper. God said, fine, you're not looking for Christ, you're looking for prosperity. If they have said this is how to find Christ, I will have mercy on you. But they said this is how to prosper. People have been giving foolish, foolish giving. He said, Pastor Bank, you don't want us to give to Kingdom World too? I will give you a straight answer. If that's the kind of giving I don't want. Abi? Is that not straightforward enough? If you are using us to block the devourer, please go somewhere else. 
We don't have the devourer, repair, the, no. Devourer's defense system, DDS. We ain't got it. What offerings do we receive in Kingdom Word? People who say the word of God must prosper. Truth must prosper in the land. That's it. That the love of God is what is bubbling their hearts. That's the one we receive. The one they used to kill your neighbor, who is a witch. If you bring it here, the balance will vanish from your account in Jesus' name. That is the same amount, the equivalent amount. Assume you came to sow a seed to us here. And it's 20,000 so that your enemies will die. As you get home, your balance 20 key will first die. Are you getting my point? I'm sure you say, Pastor, why are you saying like that? I don't want you to do it. <laughs> your enemy will not die if you sow here. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray from the bottom of my heart. Any one of your children here this evening that's confused in these areas, I ask for light to dawn on him or her in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let confusion of soul be removed in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, there are people here. On Sunday, they'll go to a church where their pastor cares nothing for them but the money they bring. Lord, drive them from that church by yourself. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I ask for your sheep. The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Who have been robbed and spoiled. Today, Lord, we ask, restore in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some people's faith have been weakened. That's the painful part. That is why I said, those pastors, I don't know. Don't you fear God? These people you are trying to defraud. It's not just money you are defrauding them of. It's their faith. They are taking the hope that they had away. Father, for such a one who has lost hope because of the confusion set into his soul, into her soul, by lying prophets, by false teachers, Lord, we ask today as a people, Restore their faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, don't let their faith fail in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask, don't let that faith fail in the name of Jesus. There are people that stopped going to church because of confusion. Lord, we pray for them. Restore their faith in the name of Jesus. Jesus, reveal yourself in truth to them. Reveal yourself in righteousness. Restore this sheep of yours, Father God. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Sorry, I got carried away there. But I believe we needed to deliver some people. Let's get back to our message. And pray on serious matters. Amen? Amen. (laughs) The Lord is good. Hey, when you leave here, call the pastor. Say you are not coming. If I'm talking to you, you know what I'm talking about. Say, you're not coming again. They say, they have not seen the transfer. I say, it's not coming. Over the prayer, I don't need it. Amen. So what we're saying, I know where I went into that. So I was saying, so when we're solving spiritual problems, when we have issues, we should know that the solutions are primarily spiritual. So for Israel, when the Ammonites were after them, it was repentance that was their issue. But they did not understand it. They felt they should get an army. And that the army will solve the problem. But that was not what they needed. 
it was repentance. So when they asked for Saul, people think they were asking for a king. The king that time was not just, you know, was not Queen Elizabeth. The king that time was a David, you know, was a commander of war. Was somebody who left, who led the armies, who led them, who coordinated. He was a general, the field marshal. That was what they were asking for. And what was wrong with it that made the Lord displeased was that they did not realize that that was a mistake. Their problem was spiritual. It was sin. It was backsliding. It was refusal to listen to Samuel. They thought Samuel's primary job was judging Israel. No. The primary job of Samuel was to ensure that Israel did not backslide. That was the primary job. But when they misunderstood all of these things, they asked for a king. Are you getting my point? And we must be careful that we don't make that mistake. What Remember we said the church is the most important thing. Remember that? So when we are praying for the church, let us know what to pray for. We are not just praying for her for deliverance. No, we are praying for her that look, because if the, in a nation like ours, if the church is right, the nation will be right. I hope you are getting my point. So that's what we have been talking about. Remember we talked about the sin of the prophets. We prayed that God will give us pastors after his heart. He will uproot, first of all, we said, because he has to destroy, overthrow, uproot, all those things, before he builds and he plants. All the false altars where they issue false lies. All the TV channels that are there, lying, undermining the truth of Christ, but elevating false gods, worldliness. God has to shut them down. Big denominations that are institutionalized only to defraud people. God has to close them. But then he will not just close them alone. He will build and he will plant. What is he building? What is he planting? Pastors after his own heart. Who will feed the people with knowledge and with what? Understanding. If your aim in ministry is not these things, just pack up. You are about to be closed down. That's a matter of fact. Why? We are praying. What is prayer? It's when we take the will of God. We discover it and then we say, let it be done on the earth. When we take God's will that we have discovered and we say to him, let it be done on the earth. He said it. What do I want to do? Give you pastors after my heart. The Bible says clearly, you know, that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to many. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as, um, did I mention apostles, prophets, evangelists, and then some as pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints, to build up the body of Christ and prepare them for the work of ministry. So that they will no longer be babes tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That is the plan of God. So we are praying that God release such into the harvest field. That's the prayer we pray for the church. We will talk about the sin of the church. Remember those things? Let's go over them again. In any order, worldliness, wrong doctrine, you understand? And then division. That worldliness, idolatry, of course, the same thing. Wrong doctrines, the foundation of everything, and the consequence, again, of worldliness. And one of the worst of them, of the sins of the church, is what? Division. We talked about that. A divided church is a very weak one. Yes. Let me say quickly, I don't mean a divided assembly alone. 
I'm in a divided church. I need to establish this walls again. God numbered, that is, he chose the boundaries of the nations. The Bible says, according to the number of the sons of Israel. But when we're talking about Israel, people have confused. They say, are you saying that there's replacement theology, that is, the church has replaced Israel? I said, I don't know anything like that. What I know is that there is spiritual Israel and there's physical Israel. There's physical Jerusalem, there's spiritual Jerusalem. And the Bible tells that the physical Israel is the son of what? Who? The bondwoman. And the son of this child of promise is the spiritual Israel. Is that not in your Bible? So Paul said, we are the circumcision who worship in the spirit and have no confidence in the physical circumcision, in the flesh. Or as he said, the circumcision. When Paul said we, he was not writing to Hebrews. He was not writing to the church in Jerusalem. He was writing to whom? Greeks, the Philippians. He said to them, we are the circumcision. It's not me. I'm not the one that said it. Most importantly, he said to the Ephesians, there is one body. He said he has broken down the wall of partitioning. He has removed the enmity. He has made the two into one. It's not me. I mean, I don't understand. These are the revelations that God gave Paul. Things that Jesus himself, John, even preached it. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. So when we're talking about the church, when we're talking about the Israel of God, Paul said it. Peace be upon the Israel of God. And he was writing to the church. He was saying to them, you are the Israel of God. So please, nobody should accuse me of preaching replacement theology. What I am preaching is that all are one in Christ. And there is none outside Christ. And there is no promise effective in your life outside Christ, no matter who your great-grandfather is. Jacob, Isaac, or Abraham. That is scripture. That when you deny Christ, you deny those promises. I see preachers preach sometimes, I get confused. I, I, I mean, I wrote a long, long list. I have had discussions with people. That please, are you telling me these promises are fulfilled outside Christ? If the answer is no, you are telling me they are inside Christ, right? So anyone that's inside Christ has a promise. So according to the number of the Israel of God, God has divided the boundaries of the nations. So he recognizes in each nation only one church. Did you hear what I said? In each nation, he recognizes how many churches? One church. If you call yourself Assemblies of God, you say, okay, maybe that's the finger of the church in Nigeria. If you call yourself Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International, say maybe you are the pancreas. Some people are the spleen. Some are the mustache. No, no, you know the mustache, but they shave you come out. No. <laughs> okay, no, no, the people, the skin on that, now they produce them. Okay, so. Some people are the ears of the church. Some denominations are music denominations. Is that an English word like that? No. I just invented it. They are the nose of the church. They smell things. They will just... See, a pastor is a prophetic smeller. <laughs> Some denominations are the wakabout of the church. 
They are the legs of the church. They have more legs with them than elsewhere. So, all kinds of things. I hope you are getting my point. So, there are arms of the church, knees of the church. That's the best God can recognize in our denominations. He doesn't have two churches in any nation. So, for him, what is comfortable for him is two divisions, simply, for the church. One, everybody on the earth is one church. Then the, That's one. The second one is, okay, and now divided them for ease of administration into nation by nation. So, it says to the church of God in Nigeria. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, for logistical reasons, we still have to be partitioned bit by bit. But we are just different segments of the same one church. And any denomination that does not recognize this, their days of coming to an end is near. Whether you say amen or not, what I have told you is the prophetic word of God. God has borne with them long enough. He said, look at you people. Have you seen the consequences? The consequences, herdsmen attack, villages being raided, Boko Haram, corruption. See, are we the causes? God said, yes, we are, you are the cause. You, you. Banky, you and your people. I'm saying it again. I don't care how long you have survived as a denomination. If you continue to introduce arbitrary divisions into the body of Christ in this nation, God said, I will close your doors. And nobody will come there again. I said last time, we're not saying we can all become one denomination. No. We just have to recognize that our fellow fingers are over there. I hope you're getting my point. Maybe we are the little finger. There's another church down the road, they are the, the ring finger. And listen to this. Anything we do against them, we're doing against ourselves. When you are joined to somebody, you die together or live together. I hope you know that. Have you heard of Siamese twins? You know, they are two totally different individuals. But they are joined. And that is why Siamese twins, if they are not separated, always die within maximum a few hours of each other. Always. The death in one person kills the other one. Why? They are joined. And that is why if the doctor finds out that a part of the body is dead, he has to cut it off. Otherwise, the death spreads to the whole system. It's a matter of time, it spreads. So when you see the doctor say, oh, this toe, this foot has become gangrenous. The next thing he does is cut it off. So if you are killing the finger next door, you know what it means? You have just drawn closer the day of your own death. I hope you get my point. For example, this is Kingdom World Ministries. Let's assume we're a church of some sort, all right? And then we're a finger. And then there's another church down the road. And they are the tomb. You know, we are the middle finger as an example. And we decide that we're going to kill them. They will die, assuming we have the power. Then when they are dead, God said they are still joined to you, the same hand, right? After six months, we start falling sick here every day. <laughs> he said, what is the cause of our sickness? God said, all the arrows. You know, some churches know how to fire arrows. All the arrows we fired are crossed to the other end. That's one way of killing people. There's another way you can kill people. You know how you do that? 
deprive them of nutrients. So when we starve a part of the church to death, while we are growing fat on one side, you know what happened? What is happening? The death will eventually spread to all of us. It's not me that said it, it's God that said it. You know, even you know Confucius, the Chinese philosopher. In fact, Confucianism is a religion. He said the quickest way to go forward is to help other people go forward. So that's the easiest way to go forward. Just try and help other people go forward. You will find yourself moving forward faster. And like one man said, anybody that sits on you that you will not go anywhere, he's not going anywhere too. <laughs> I mean, for him to sit and say you won't go anywhere, that means it has to be on that spot. So, listen, what I've told you, is the word of God. You take a nation like ours, God recognizes every denomination as one. So he expects everybody to pray for everybody and do the best for the other people. Otherwise, you are deliberately or inadvertently injecting death into your own system. That is the principle of God. I'm convinced, we said it before, three major sins that the church has... um, at least in our nation. Let's go by it again. Wrong, doctrine, wrong doctrines. Worldliness and idolatry, the same thing. And third, divisions. Divisions. Each one of these, I don't even know the one. Okay, division may be one of them. I don't even know. You know, one begets the other, really. Wrong doctrine will divide the church. It will. It will. Wrong doctrines will. They always do that. Okay? Now, but one other thing I want you to bear in mind that is happening is this, is it creeping the way worldliness crept into the church, I don't, I don't think I should go over it. I, I, okay, I think I'm just talking out of personal experience I had in the last few days, so I will drop it there. Maybe I will tell you. You know, you, always, you hear all the bad things to help your ministry. <laughs> You've just been reminding me of all this gist I get. Nobody should kill to come and hear the gist. There are for people that God can hold responsible for some things. You know, if you want to join the suffering gang, you can, you can, you can come. You can come. The Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. Honestly, when I heard some gist about how worldly we have become, you know, my goose pimples will develop. I'm not talking about average Christian. Average Christian can work. That's not what I mean. I mean, we pastors. It's scary. You have to pray against it. Though. And very importantly, don't, let me just say this. Don't tolerate it. Though. Listen. If you know something is wrong, don't tolerate it. Don't participate. If you know it is wrong, don't... One, one of my sisters was talking to me the other day, telling me something that happened at church. Maybe that's the reason why I'm just reacting like this again. And at the end of the day, I told her, I said, my sister, please, let me interrupt you. I said, I hope you know you are responsible. I said, for somebody of your caliber, you tolerated this for years, you are equally responsible. I know you didn't do it, but you are responsible. I said, please, eh? thanks for gisting me, but go and repent. Did not do any of the things I said, but you sat down there and watched this happen. I said, you are responsible. You have too much clout, too much caliber. Walking out alone will have been a good statement. Yes. Will have been a statement. I'm leaving. Sorry, people. This one, I can't take it. I'm going. Because listen, I pray you can see my heart. We have done damage, we as a body. We have done damage to ourselves 
and inadvertently to the nation. We create, listen, we are the sustainers of corruption currently in Nigeria. We may not have begun it, but we sustain it. Did you hear what I said? We did not begin it, possibly. But as per sustaining it, I think we are held mostly or chiefly responsible. We are. We are. This is where I say, please, let me just tell you something. You know, I said something the other day about real revival. When revival comes, one of the major things that best revival, now listen to this, oh, is fear of judgment. Let me say it again. You know, they used to say, don't preach hellfire. You preach the God of love. I believed it at the time. But I remember as a little boy, why I used to give my life to Christ was because of hellfire. I don't know about you. There was no prosperity. Nobody preached prosperity to me. Prosperity. My teacher in secondary school was anti-prosperity. You know they call anti-prosperity? He, this world was not his home. He was just passing through. What I'm telling you, I'm not joking about it. I still remember the man. Eh? We used to call him Agrico. Because he was teaching Agric. So you don't call him Agrico in front of him. He's behind him. Agrico wore tattered, not dirty clothes. I still remember when he bought new sandals and did not wear it. And I was wondering, what is the purpose? He had the old, now the new one he bought was the exact copy of the old one. It's not people like us. My wife will tell me that you already have blue. Come and buy black. You, know, you have yellow. Come and buy green. No. Agrico had brown sandals. He went back to Bata, Nigeria Limited, and bought another exact copy of those brown sandals. Wore it once and did not wear it again. The old one was torn. Tattered. But do you know, he will tell us, the soul that sins, he shall die and will give our lives to Christ. Listen, one day be one day, they seen a man go find himself for hellfire. He no go come back to repent again. You will give your life to Christ. I mean, think about it. Who wants to burn eternally? We preach a funny gospel now, like, you know, God wants you to prosper. So the man says, Dangote does not need the gospel. He has prospered. What is the dead looking for in the church? Bill Gates does not need our Jesus. But tell Bill Gates, bros, you've lived for 70 years. We shall born for 700 million. The guy will say, oh, nah, but we're in that church. Uh, are you sure? Well, God, is it only God does not take payment? What does he want? Just give your life to Christ. Let me tell you the truth. If he has an iota of faith, belief in his heart, he will come. You may say, is there a trick we are using? No. Read your Bible. When it says, the kingdom of God is at hand, what they were preaching to them, are you getting my point? You know, they came and said, what must we do to be delivered from the judgment to come? The word you kept on hearing is, what must we do to be saved? The word for salvation that they understood was deliverance from divine judgment. I hope you're getting my point here. It was deliverance for divine judgment. Please follow me. Now that's same. Hi. Try and believe this. If judgment comes upon the earth because of our actions, either because directly because of what we did or what we did not do, do you know what the justice of God demands? That we share in it. Did you hear what I said? 
if there's corruption on this, no, on the earth, let's say in our government and all of that, there's a lot of corruption. And God says, Chooks, you, thank you, okay, Mute, Israel, Felix, Mrs. B, count all of us, say people are the re- people responsible. Your savings will disappear. Time for school fees you will not have to pay. Your car will enter a dish, boom, and axle will fall apart. Not only your own, my own, okay, Mute's own first. All of us preaching. Are you getting my point? Why? Because you will want to pretend that we can balance remaining in Goshen while we abandon the whole world in Egypt. Because then that's not my justice. If you were not responsible, it's different. So what he does is that he says, okay, tell the angels, go out. Mark anyone who is sighing, who is groaning, because of the iniquity. So you see what was going on is that anybody who really cannot be held responsible for what was going on, he marks. But those who can be held responsible, and we are held responsible for two things. One, our actions. Two, our inactions. When the time for judgment comes, he casts it upon everybody. The only thing he does is that he will look and say, reduce his dues. You think if that Ebola had entered Nigeria, Christians would not have died? You think Christians would not have died? Should I tell you the truth? They would have died. But one angel just, the Holy Spirit just came to some Christians. You'll be surprised. That's what he did. He said, guys, wake up. This thing is coming here. Then when they woke up, you, you are witnesses. When they woke up and got on their knees and drove it back, they were all saved. Now, as a result of that, the whole land was saved. I hope you're getting my point here. That's what it means to experience the manifestation of the sons of God. It's not that we keep ourselves and say, oh, it can't touch me. Then we let it touch our neighbors, left and right. God said, if it is because of your inaction, it will touch your household. Very soon, on Saturday, I want to start teaching. It was when we came back from Abakaliki that I realized that that is the next thing God wants us to teach. So, you know, when we went to Abakaliki, I was supposed to teach about the life that is in Christ. As I got to Abakaliki, the Holy Spirit said, oh yeah, you are teaching on living the life that is in Christ. Then the message changed entirely. I was no longer talking about what God did for us in Christ, but the demands that he placed upon us because of what he has done. That's why he said to them, you have I chosen of all the families of this on this earth. Therefore, I will punish you for your iniquity. That's what he said. Please, I'm explaining something here. So when we're talking about judgment, when we're saying that the kingdom of God is at hand, when we're saying that it's the church that can prevent it, listen to me, all the troubles we are seeing, those are the judgments of God we are talking about. Which we are saying only the church can prevent so, listen to what I've said. That we are the problem. Are, are, are you getting my point? So, instead of, look, don't assume. Please, I want to give you a spirit of intercession. I want you to receive it. Don't assume that because I never did that, everything will be okay. Not necessarily. Because you know, Joshua did not doubt God. Neither did Caleb. But they spent 40 years in the wilderness too. 
you know, sometimes, you know what they call the mystery of marriage? Say, you know this mystery of marriage? Say no, sir. Thank you. I thought you were going to tell me yes. <laughs> this is a mystery I've understood. There are times, eh? I have a good wife, oh, amen? You know, last year I was harassing everybody that 20 years. This year I'm harassing you for 21 years this year. <laughs> amen. One of the times, eh? I will tell my wife something. Once, twice, three times. Four times. Is there anybody in this house that has had that experience? You tell your wife something like six times, she does not hear. Even this one that married yesterday, he already has that experience. <laughs> Have you ever gotten to this point, sir? You'll just be thinking, say this one, I'm not going to talk again. Say, leave him. I'm not going to talk again. I did once in a while, too. I said, I'm not saying anything again. <laughs> As I'm saying, I won't say anything again. You know what I'm hearing in my spirit? When the consequences will come. In fact, you will be number one chopper of the consequence. And God will come and say, where were you when it was happening? It is the most painful part of the mystery of marriage. You can't even say, I'm not going to talk again. Somebody is not listening to you. And you still know you will participate in the consequences. Huh? It's painful. It's very painful. <laughs> you have been joined. That's the point I'm making. I'm trying to make you unsettled. So when you don't talk tired, your wife will not hear. What you will do is that you turn yourself to the ear, hoping she will hear. Then you will start talking again. Then you will pray. Say, so why am I even praying, self? You're supposed to listen to me directly. But at the end of the day, no matter what, you know what? You can't stop talking. You know, my wife even used to take pride in the fact that it used to be difficult. In, I won't tell you which area, in some areas. He said, but you didn't wake me up. I said, I woke you up yesterday, the day before, five times in a row, and you refused to get up. Why should I wake you up on the sixth day now? Say, I don't know that it's your job to wake me up in case I'm supposed to wake up. I'm like, but you are not responding now. Say, you know, it's a sign that you care. Apostle, you know, you got the trial of your faith. <laughs> the trial of your faith, like, what? So you were doing this so that you know I love you. Is it means that it's called what God has joined together. Whether they like it or not, they can't put us under. If you say, God joined me to this, my wife, but she knows they're here, so I leave them. So the consequence will now fall on both of you. It's like that with the Church of Christ. We've bested problems in the nation. Whether we've bested it or I don't know, but we have sustained it. Through our wrong doctrines, our worldliness, and our divisions. And nobody can say, it doesn't concern me. That's the point I need to make. Because it brought forth, and will bring forth, if we don't end it, the wrath of God. It brings forth decadence on the land. It brings what the Bible calls corruption. What is corruption? Bad economy, kidnapping, headsmen attack, you know, gun, you know, people attacking villages and killing people. So much that farmers in some major parts of Nigeria don't go to the farms anymore. Which means the price of beans will go up. You don't get it. Price of yam. Many of the things that you take for granted. And God said, listen, 
He said two pounds of wheat for a day's wages. And one, how does he say again? It's not a portion of the Bible you read a lot, so let me read it. It's a sign of divine judgment. When things become more expensive, yeah, alright, so Revelation chapter 6, I just want to quote it. Revelation chapter 6. So the consequence say, a quart of wheat for a denarius, that's a day's wage, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, that's a day's wage, and do not damage the oil and the wine. What does that mean? It means that basic things will become very expensive, but the rich will be getting richer. That's the meaning of don't hurt the oil and the wine. Oil and wine represents wealth. Wheat and barley represents the basic necessities of life. When the wrath of God comes, you'll be surprised. The poor suffer more than the rich. The time that the housing bubble you know, burst some years ago, and companies were closing all over U.S. and Europe, Lehman Brothers went down. AIG went down. Pamalat went down. You no, know, um, what do you call it? All those countries, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mae, you know, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, you know, those mortgage companies collapsing one after the other. Smaller companies collapsing all over the place. People losing their jobs anyhow. Rolls Royce doubled their shift in production of their luxury cars. Did you hear what I said? They doubled their shift because of the number of people that were buying. What you call bank collapse, some people's pockets got richer. What am I saying? That's a sign of divine judgment. And it happens to the earth if the salt does not do what it's supposed to do. I'm going to paint a picture for you that if we don't do our duty in stemming these things, we will not be held, that is, we will not be free, we will be held to account. So I know your church, you don't preach lies. You don't cook things up for money. We, I know that. And I thank God for your life. But the churches down the road, the true churches, they are doing it. They are doing it. Let me say another thing to you. There's a season in which niceness must be put aside to save your life. What do I mean? One day everybody was lamenting, lamenting, lamenting. We have sinned, we have sinned. They went to, after the is it, Moabite women. And the wrath of God had come into the land, into the camp, and people were angry, you know, people were repenting. Then one guy, he came late. He dragged the girl he just got and entered into the tent. You know what Phineas did? He took his spear. He pierced the two of them, killed them. You know what God said? My guy, you will be priest forever. He just killed a man. And one girl who does not care about the law in Israel. But God looked and said, Kai, this Phineas guy, he must be a perpetual. Children must be priests before me forever. Why? Because of the zeal that he showed. There are times you go into your friend's church and distribute tracts that you know will offend the pastor and you won't care. The days of being nice, say, you know, if I put this in this chat group now, it will offend them. God said, better stop offending people because when the consequences come, all of you will suffer it. There was a time when we didn't want to offend people. You know, in the church, there, that's how they do their things. You will tell them now, guy, for your church, that they pray against enemy, eh? Now they die by fire. 
I'm telling you, if you don't stop that quarrel, after you have prayed for them, say, Pastor, you don't know. Say, Pastor, please take this message. Go and listen to it. This is Kenneth Higgins Triumphant Church. Read the book. If you don't read, if you don't read that, look. If you don't read it, <laughs> very insolent. He said, Yes. My name is Phineas. I don't want to die. I will kill you instead of dying. Because if they had not stayed that plague, all of them were going. One day my wife wanted to forward something to a child group. She looked, looked, said, this will cause offense. She said, how long will I stay letting people dwell in darkness because I'm not, I'm unwilling to offend somebody. Then she forward. Bros. Was it the next day? Person call him. Why would you forward that kind of thing? <laughs> My wife was, I was expecting the call. What did you tell him that day? I just told myself that, how long will I be doing this? This is truth. I know it will offend you. So I won't share it. I think it's the day of any hassle. It's the day of any hassle. If you see me sometimes when I talk, I, I yap, I say directly, I criticize. January 29th, I will release my teaching on Facebook, or should I give my first fruit? It's deliberate. It's the season of Phineas. May God raise more clowns like Daddy Freeze. Peradventure, he will stop the business that we have turned church to. My people of God, if we don't stop it one way or the other, all of us will suffer for it. All of us. All of us. Let's ask to our feet and pray. All of us, all of us. All of us. I wanted to read a lot of scripture concerning division today, but they're still open right here, but we'll talk about it later. I didn't get it today. I believe I spoke by the Spirit. I believe I spoke by the Spirit. All of us will be held responsible. Let's pray today. I don't know how you're going to pray. Just begin to pray. This time around, just pray your own way. I don't know what you're going to say. But first of all, accept responsibility again. It's only when you have accepted responsibility and you have become discomfited, you have become uncomfortable. That is when God marks you as one of those to spare from the time of judgment. Oh, yeah, I begin to pray, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. That we have seen, you know, there are times we see ourselves as we are doing right. Others are doing wrong. Because all of you are doing wrong. All of you. You have to start seeing yourself as one. Together you have offended. Together you have polluted yourselves. Together you have done which is wrong in my sight. I want you to pray. Say, Lord, give me the spirit of Phineas. That's a, listen, that's a prophetic prayer point. It's a prophetic prayer point. There's a way where I'm supposed to... You're not going to spare anybody to death. But you're going to become like Jeremiah, not afraid anymore to speak the truth. Don't worry, no prophet can do you anything. They are scaring you that I will remove the cover over your head. They don't have cover over your head. Say, Lord, give me the boldness of Jeremiah. So I can deliver my brethren. So I can deliver those who are confused with lies. Tell them this is not how prosperity comes. Serve God in truth. Obey his commandments. Live a Christ-like life. God will supply your needs. And give you abundance with which you will do his will. Tell people. When they say, everybody rush forward right now. Sit squarely on your seat. I'm not getting up. But I will live the life of Christ. I will be a cheerful giver in reality. 
And I will teach other people. It's not just what I live. Pray. Ask God for mercy for the church in this land. I want us to focus on the church in this land. In this nation. Say, Lord, show us mercy. Show us mercy. Again, we say, Lord, shut down every platform where lies are being broadcast into the air. Because those lies attract evil spirits into our environment. Say, Lord, shut them down in the name of Jesus. We are no longer tolerant of them. We are no longer tolerant of them. We are no longer tolerant of them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, close them down one after the other. Shut them down one after the other. In the name of Jesus, shut them down one after the other. Lord, shut them down one after the other. There are churches that thrive in dividing the body of Christ. Lord, today, we say shut them down. Scatter the people to other churches so that all of us can be one. Those who have cut themselves off from the body, Lord, cut them off. Um, Jesus, we know you prune. It's pruning time. 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 We have to do this. Otherwise, the whole nation will be destroyed. It's called the wrath of God. It's called the wrath of God. He said, judge yourself so that you will not be judged. Lord, that's what we are doing. We are not lying to ourselves anymore. We are tired. I want you to please, please don't be angry with me. I believe you want to ask what God wants. See, Lord, any church hmm, that invites, all, all you are going to do is, I'm going to give you a minute or two to pray about it. You can say amen after I give the prayer point that you pray. Any church that they will deliberately invite somebody who they know lies so that he will lie to their people to collect money. That simple sin. You get my point? Say, Lord, let that be a closure for that platform. Yeah, pray, pray, pray that prayer. Uh, No, we shouldn't tolerate it anymore. Abba, they come and lie. Look, just to lie, they will come and lie. Say, Lord, we don't want lies on our pulpits. We don't want lies on our pulpits. Any pulpit where they are lying, where they are lying. Uh uh-uh. Lord, look, just, we're not saying kill anybody. We're just saying close that, close that orifice of lies. Close that orifice of lies. We don't want lies again. Say, Lord, spread the knowledge of Christ into every corner of our churches, our homes. We want to know Christ. We want to know Christ. We want to know Christ. Say to him, we want to know Christ. Nothing but Christ. Christ has him crucified. Christ has him resurrected. That is what we want to know. We want to know that we have been buried with him. We want to know that we rose again with him. We want to know how to live a life that is pleasing to him. We want to know Christ. Lord, spread the knowledge of Christ. One more prayer point. Say, Lord, the fear of God teach us again. The fear of God. People don't fear God. They don't fear God. They don't fear God. Say, Lord, teach us the fear of God. Lord, teach us the fear of God. Teach us, Lord, to fear you. Some of the things we do these days, (laughs) we wouldn't try it in the days of Ananias and Sapphira. We wouldn't. Say, Lord, teach us to fear you. 
Let's continue to pray in that line. Just, just repeat that prayer again and say, Lord, teach us the fear of God. Teach your church the fear of God. Teach your people your fear. Let's pray. Let's pray. Teach your people your fear. Teach your church your fear. Let your church fear you. The true fear of God.